Welcome to the Center for Transformation Institute podcast, where we are uniting with therapists everywhere for personal and professional growth. Your journey starts here at The Place Therapists Grow. Alyssa, it is so great to be with you today. I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, Sam, I'm really excited. So you and I met at Thrive Training. Yes. That was just like a month ago, I think. It was I know. Yeah. It's already been a month and you've already been all over the world and back since. I know. <laughs> yeah, staying busy. Well, uh, fun vacation. Um, and I really enjoyed meeting you and your friend. Who yes. Just happens to be named Monica. Yes. <laughs> That's like right. That. That was really fun. So um, just for listeners to hear, um, we met because at track three at, at Thrive Training, uh, the tracks train each other. So I was in track three, you were in track one. Yep. And I just happened to get assigned to you and Monica to kind of help you with some of your uh, your training exercises. Yeah, which was awesome. It was so great to have you as our trainer. And I love that they do that, that you get to interact with other tracks and see, you know, how they're learning and growing. So yeah, it was fun. I thought it was fun too. The the whole eye contact thing is a little weird for all of us. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) If you haven't been to Thrive Training, you you don't know what we're talking about right now, but (laughs) the joy smiles, just getting used to kind of how that feels in your nervous system. Very interesting. So yeah, yeah, it was fun to be with you. And I learned during our time together that you are a professional counselor as well. Yes. Yeah. And so practice and yeah. And, and you're, and so tell, tell listeners, um, where you are located. So I, um, I'm in South Denver area. Um, my practice is in Castle Pines. Um, and yeah, we're with an amazing team of therapists down there. Okay. And what kind of, um, specializations do you have in your practice? Yeah, I mostly focus on trauma work and um, doing marriage and family counseling. So lots and lots of couples, lots of relational counseling, working with families and kiddos. So I see a really wide variety of people. Okay. And how did you become a therapist? Like what's your, what's your journey there? Yeah, that's um a, a long God story. I think to sum it up, I was working um, as a teacher for a long time and um, had never even thought to ask the Lord, you know, what, what do you want me to do with my career? I just kind of picked what I thought I would be good at and really loved teaching, um, but decided to, I was kind of at a crossroads in life of I could keep going down this teaching path and kind of move into something different. And, but was just wondering, like, is this what I've been really called to? And so I I asked the Lord and I heard him say counseling and I was like, I am hearing him incorrectly. Like, there's no way I think I would make a terrible therapist. (laughs) Um, And so I kept praying about it. And that is what he consistently told me. It was something I had never considered before. Um, so I spent a year praying through it and just, I had no idea how to even start on that path. So I just started reaching out to, um, school counselors and therapists and social workers and anybody I could to interview them and just ask them like, what do you do? How did you get to where you are? What do I need to know? And really felt like God was calling me to this field. And so 
I quit my job and I went back to school and yeah, became a therapist and he has been in every step of that journey. So it's been really cool to do a job that I know that I couldn't do without him. Um, and to get to partner with him in my work and just, I, it's such an honor to be invited into people's journeys and watch the Lord work. Um, so yeah, I love what I do. I tell people that all the time. Um, and it, it has been such an adventure to enter into a calling that I had never even considered and just watch God show up and grow me in that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love the story. You can see how there's a lot of risk taking involved and even yeah. prayer, right? Praying, yeah. and hearing from him, being yeah. willing to do something outside your comfort zone yeah. and, um, and seeing him open those doors. Yeah. Uh, I do have a question for you. What grade did you teach? I worked in Montessori. And so if you're familiar at all with Montessori, they actually group age groups together. So I was in the, the pre-K through kindergarten um, group and then um, did tutoring for all of the other grade levels at our school. We The school I worked at a majority of the time, um, we went all the way up through ninth grade. Okay. Um, so got to interact with, we actually did infant through ninth grade. So we had a very wide span of kiddos. Yeah. How many years did you do that? Eight. Eight years. Okay. And yeah. then how many years now have you been in professional counseling? Um, yeah, about eight. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Now I don't think we talked about this, but I was in education before. Oh. Yeah. I but I did I taught high school English. Oh, okay. I did teach. I taught two years in California when I first got married at a, a private school and I taught sixth grade, but then I taught ninth grade, 11th grade and 12th grade. And I only did it for about five years. Yeah. I felt called to go back to school to get my degree in counseling. So yeah, that's so cool. Interesting. Yeah. It's I know. That, that's a similarity that you and I have. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I remember, I mean, God definitely put me in education as well. Um, it, that was a really crazy story also, but, um, I, I think that he's, you, you know, in Montessori, you have to be so creative in education and really follow the child and figure out like, what do they need to developmentally grow where their brain is at? Um, and then you change the manipulatives and the things in front of them to really help them, their brain grow. And so I, looking back, I can see how God used that, um, because that I'm very creative in my approach with kids and therapy and being able to find the things that are going to work with them. Um, even with my adult clients, it's just, it's cool how God uses every piece of our story, um, and helps to continue to grow and develop us. So Agree. Oh, I love it. I, I agree. I'm I'm totally with you. I love the Montessori approach. Um, and so we could talk for a while about all I know. <laughs> so we didn't know we had this in common. Um back to back to the subject. Okay. Um, so I would love to ask you a few questions today, just very pointed about your life model journey. Okay. Yeah. So when it comes to how you got connected to the model. 
and what it was like for you in terms of uh, getting connected and starting to understand the power of the model. So I, I first want to just ask you your life model story, basically. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm still in what I would say the beginning stages of that journey. I think God has a lot of these pieces he's given me earlier in my story. Um, you know, things like um, Emmanuel journaling. I learned that years ago from somebody else who must be somewhat connected to life model. And so I had started to learn how to discern God's voice and interact with him. And, but, um, probably a year and a half ago, I think it was our, my pastor at my church had read the other half of church and Monica, who you met, who is my mentor, um, she had just asked him, Hey, do you have any good book recommendations as you know, we're continuing to work together and I'm helping to develop Alyssa. And he said, Oh, you should, you should pick up this book. It was really good. He said, I, I think I'm actually going to reach out to Michael Hendricks and see if he will disciple me this next year. And, um, so he gave us this book and we started reading it. And from, I mean, chapter one, it was like, oh my goodness, this is gold. Like there is really good stuff in this book that I think I've been searching for, for a long time. And they are putting it into words for me um, in a very clear outline and format. And so we read through that book. And obviously if anybody has read that book, um, as with, I think most life model books, there's lots of exercises and things for you to practice at the end of each chapter. And so Monica and I just started practicing these things together and then, you know, processing what's this like for you? What are you noticing? Are the changes you're experiencing? And I could see such a vast change for myself as I started to work through this book and put a lot of things into practice. Um, and so my, I was talking to my pastor one day and he was like, you know, Hey, you should teach a class at the church. Like this is really good stuff. I want to start implementing this. So I just started getting my hands on anything I could life model and just started reading and taking as many courses as I could find online and um, webinars just to immerse myself in it and practice it. And was just seeing such a profound um, impact in my own life. And, um, yeah, ended up teaching a class at my church, have done some workshops there, just trying to spread this stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm still in on the journey, right? I just did track one, um, of the thrive training and Monica and I are going to go back next year to do track two and we'll keep moving forward. So that's great. I love that. So I think this next question kind of piggybacks on what you just said. At some level. So I don't, I'm not sure if it will seem redundant to you, but maybe, maybe, you know, as you read the other half of church and as you started to, you know, just feel like there's something here. Yeah. My experience with it is that it's, it, it's like the Holy spirit gave me such excitement they're very at the very beginning, even though I didn't know that I would, you know, almost a decade later be just as excited as the first moment I opened the book and maybe even more excited because now I know what, what this, uh, the power of this model, at what point did you start to 
to know, hey, this is something very special for myself personally. Yeah, I think I was, when I picked up that book, I was coming off of a a season of a lot of wrestling, um, kind of a, a drier season in my walk with the Lord. Um, and I was in a place of really kind of searching, like, how, how do I continue to grow? Like, I feel like I'm a little stuck and stagnant. Um, I was involved in a church I'm serving, I'm doing all of the things that I normally did in my walk with the Lord. And I just felt so stuck. Um, I was doing my own personal therapy, working through a a lot of past issues, which was super helpful, but it just was like, why can't, why is this just so slow moving? And I cannot seem to get unstuck from this place. Um, and really honestly, like, I think I had looking back really low levels of joy. Like I was working really hard from like a left brain perspective, right. To put all the things into place to grow and to have this thriving life that I wanted. Um, and I even remember sharing with one of the therapists I work with, um, we were just chatting about our practices and I said, I'm feeling burnt out. And I feel like I have done so much to safeguard myself because I love what I do. Um, I own my own business. I get to set my own hours. Like, why is this not working? Why am I struggling to want to come into work? And, um, you know, doing all like the self-care things that people tell you to do and it, things just weren't working. It wasn't clicking. Mm -hmm. And, um, earlier on in my, my walk with the Lord, I had gone through a discipleship program that was really impactful and grew my walk with the Lord a lot. And it was in a really tight knit community of people where we were learning and growing together. And I just had not found that again. Um, and so when I picked up the other half of church, it was like, this is what I've been missing. This is what I've been searching for. And so as I started to put these things into practice, I mean, within days and weeks, like I'm noticing profound impacts in my life, um, higher levels of joy and motivation and energy. Um, my reactions to things that normally just were, were vastly different things that normally would have bothered me didn't anymore. Um, and I started to see that my growth was taking off in a really quick way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just knew, oh my goodness, there is something so much different about this. Like I, I really do feel like I've found a treasure. Um, and it's one of those things that when you find it, it's like, oh, I have to start giving this away. <laughs> People need to know about this. Right. And so it's part of the reason why I, you know, I ended up meeting with Michael Hendricks and just saying, okay, I want to teach this at my, at my church. Do you guys have a curriculum or something I can teach? And he's like, no, but you should put it together. And, (laughs) um, and so he helped me along the way, like I would put this whole curriculum together and run it by him. What do you think about this? How should I format that? And, Mm -hmm. um, and then started putting it into practice with my clients because then I started to recognize like, Oh, some of my clients that are really stuck that we just, we keep going after the same thing and we keep running into all of these barriers. Um, they're really low joy and really low peace. And so they don't, they don't have the capacity to, 
like the things that we're trying to grow in them, they don't have the tools that they need in the first place. And so we just started putting things that I put it, things into practice with my clients and started seeing their growth take off um, in amazing ways and very quickly that I, yeah, it has been something that I've been very excited about and continue to want to just like eat up and dig into as much as possible. Yeah. So you, you just went after that, that my follow-up question, you already answered it. So that's perfect. You know, <laughs> you see how it affects you. There's transformation for yourself. And then you see a direct correlation between what the transformation that's happening in you and how you're able to then benefit your clients. Yeah. Right. And then they go out and it, it, that's the coolest thing about this right brain transformation is it propagates itself naturally person to person throughout the community, even with yeah. people who don't know anything about it. So there's so much more um, maximization of effort, like a multiplication of the efforts yeah. that we're doing in, in our chairs with, with clients. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. I love hearing that, how, how that happened. I have two follow-up questions for you. One is when it comes to the curriculum that you've done with church and you worked yeah. with Michael Hendricks, is that still a work in progress or is that something that's going to be available for people to purchase at some point? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, possibly, um, I think the first, my first go at it was to kind of give people like a, a taste to dip their toes into it and start to see some of the, the changes that I had seen. Um, I think since then I've changed it a lot. Um, I learned a lot from that first class. Um, and so, you know, recently I just did a, a workshop on it where it was very hands-on experiential. Like I want you guys to experience what it's like to feel this, um, and so, yeah, it's something I continue to develop because I would really, we're really trying at our church to figure out how do we get this into churches? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we asked Michael like, okay, what should we do with our life groups? And he's like, I don't know, but if you figure it out, let us know, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it's exciting to be kind of at this grassroots level, Absolutely. right? At the same time, you're like, oh God, we need help here because- <laughs> what do we do? How do we do this? And, um, and, and also I think the fact that we are at the grassroots level says that it's not integrated in our culture enough to see the high joy, um, ramifications of a system that's working. And, and so I think that's what's discouraging about it is like, oh, we're at the beginning. We want to get into the hands of as many people as possible right now, because our, our society is hurting so badly. Yeah. And, um, and so I think it, it goes without saying that it's a, it's a both and in terms of uh, um, a sad thing and also an exciting thing. Super. Yeah. And I think that even as I've done my classes, just getting feedback from people on concepts that honestly feel so simple, right? Like you teach about joy and quiet, mm -hmm. which are such profoundly simple concepts to start introducing to people. Right. And the feedback from people is like, they're just hungry for it. They're like, this is so good. When are you doing the next workshop? When can we learn more? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, I agree, Monica. It's like, oh my gosh, how do we get this out there? Um, mm -hmm. and even when you start to give it away, even a little bit, you can tell people just 
they need it. They're craving it. We all, we all need it. And I mean, the, 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 I, the word joy, the word quiet, those are simple words that we think, you know, people listening might think, oh, I know what that means. Mm-hmm. But when we start to really break it down and we start to apply the neuroscience um, aspect to it, as well as our faith, our biblical Christian faith, it's like, oh, I haven't heard it like this before. And I didn't know it would work like this. And I, I remember sitting in a class probably maybe a year and a half, two years in to my journey with my, one of my therapist friends, we were sitting and we were listening to Ed Curry talk. And um, I, 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 I was looking at him and thinking about what he was saying. And I was thinking, I have heard this many times and all of a sudden it's making more sense, almost like it was digesting in my right brain in a yeah. different way. And yeah. it was a really, it was really fascinating experience. And I've, I, I want to say, I want to say this, I want to say one of the things I think that I feel uh, is important for us to even mention is the fact that when it comes to the life model sometimes it sounds like we're talking about the life model being the greatest thing instead of the word of God. Right. But that's not what we're saying at all. Right. What we're saying from my perspective, and maybe you want to say something else about this, what we're saying from my perspective is uh, the life model, what God is doing in terms of helping us understand what it is to be human in this generation right? Yeah. Starting with the, the study on the live brain that Shore Shore did in the nineties or the, 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 the research that he wrote about that profound understanding of helping us understand what it is to be a human with a brain and coupled with what we already know from the word, it all integrates. Mm-hmm. And so as we as we connect with the Holy Spirit and all of the theology from ages past, and especially what Dallas Willard was doing in his life and toward the end of his life, and how that mixed with what was coming in from the neuroscience, it's like this explosive thing that the Holy Spirit is doing in this generation. And I think it has so much to do with the Great Commission and evangelism. Yeah. We've tried knocking on doors, so to speak, <laughs> and, you know, having the five minute gospel talk with people to get them saved and, and, and such, you know, throughout the generations. And it just hasn't worked as Wilder says, it's kind of like we, we drop off our converts in the church and go out to get more yes. <laughs> instead of forming relational connection. And that's what we're learning about how to transfer the gospel is that our right brains need to be changed. We need to be transformed into love. Our generational trauma and baggage and all the heaviness that we carry in life with our emotions has to be transformed so that what we're offering to people who don't know Christ is something that's lasting, something that's truly transformational. So that that's, that's kind of my uh, soapbox or my passion around it. And, and you're welcome to comment on it if you want to. Um, but I do have one more question if not. So, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think that's so, all of this is so integrated into scripture, right? It's like, this is God's truth. It's just being pulled into a a clear model to help us walk out his truth in a way that here he designed it, right? He designed our brain to function the way it does. And now we understand it better 
to then be able to take his truth that he's already given us and live it out more clearly. I think it's interesting that I think we, especially in our Western culture, are probably the most isolated and lonely we've ever been. And relationships are what we need to grow and thrive. And what I've heard consistently when I've taught this material, especially when I talk about this aspect of joy, that it's relational, I hear so often from people that they say, wait, so the only way I can have joy is when I'm in relationships with others. It's like, yes, it's also the way that we grow is when we're connected and relational with others, when we have those deep attachments to the Lord and to each other. And I think that our, our church, you know, to go back to what you're saying about all of the things that we've done to try and bring people into the church and help grow them and disciple them. So much of it has come from this left brain perspective, which is good and valid. We need those, those things, those tools, the spiritual disciplines, um, and people come into my classes and that's what they're looking for is like, give me the next tool. That's going to help me grow. And it's like, well, we actually have to be in relationship with other people in order to do that, to be in deep community. But honestly, it's what people are looking for. Right. You know, in my counseling practice, I hear so often people just talk about how lonely they are, how they are looking for that sense of belonging. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just, I agree with you. I think that so many of these principles are, um, it's 100% straight from the Bible and, and tools that God already gave us. It's just making sense of it and putting it into these really practical tools and ways to grow. Yeah. Ways to really do our sanctification process. Maybe a little bit lost or confused about that or searching for the answers. I think that's what Willard said at the end of his life is like, Hey, what we've, we know that the mark of a truly transformed believer is that you would spontaneously love your enemies. And he was, you know, I think of him as a, as a father of spiritual formation concepts of sorts, right? Like discipleship and, and that he, and he said, it's not working. Our discipleship efforts, all the spiritual rhythms and disciplines aren't really working to transform. And as they came in to understand the neuroscience, they realized it's because our attachment with God is not present. Yeah. How, how can we get attached with God? Well, we have to heal. So there's so much to this, but I, you've done a really great job making it um, simple and um relational, personal. So thank you for that. My final question for you is just around if, 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 a, if a therapist is listening and they've never heard of the life model, or they're just at the very beginning of their understanding, if you think, actually, if you think back to before you started reading other half of church, what, what do you think you would need, you needed to hear to kind of know this is something worth pursuing? Hmm. Like, as a brand, like brand new into the, the concept. Yeah. Like you're a busy therapist. You've got a lot going on. You don't have time for something new. Um, yet you might have some low joy issues in your life or your relationships. Um, yeah. What would help you to know, what would have helped you to know this is something I want to give my time to. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think if somebody had given me like an elevator pitch about this, like, here's why you should take this training, right? Um, Here's how it's going to help your practice. 
you know, at, when you go through, um, training as a therapist and you continue to get continuing education, um, I would say in my journey with that, you come across theories and modalities that are like, yeah, bits and pieces of this resonate, you know, like I, I like this piece of it, maybe not that, um, all based off of like our own theory of change and what we really think helps clients. Some theories really click with you. Um, you're like, yep, this is what I think is going to help people. I think what I have found about life model is that with all of the modalities that I tend to gravitate towards, it just fits so seamlessly with everything. Um, it kind of brings a lot of the, you know, when I piece things together and try to use a little bit of this theory and a little bit of that and right to really help people, um, life model theory just feels like it integrates so well across the models because it fills in the gaps to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's pieces of it, like even at the beginning, when you're doing a lot of work with, um, clients or couples, um, around joy and quieting Mm -hmm. and really helping them grow their capacity for growth and change and healing. Um, that has been honestly one of the best things I have found to get people towards healing and, mm-hmm. and change and really help to ground them, um, to get them, you know, if I'm working with somebody, um, doing trauma work to actually get them to a place where they have the capacity to start doing that work. Um, yes. So, yeah, I just feel like it, um, it filled in the gaps for me of a lot of theories that I've tried to puzzle piece together. Um, Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. I think I had a similar, a similar experience in that. I think, I think of it less as a counseling theory or modality and more as a, as a, as a big picture conceptualization for life. Yes. Like, Uh almost like we can point everything back to, oh, this is how to see this through a biblical worldview and how to do relationship with God and others through that, that realm. And I mean, it's a gift that keeps giving is also what I say, like, there's so much to it. And that's why we created that infographic to kind of help, help um, therapists and clients to, to be able to see it. Here's the big picture of it, but each word on that infographic can be talked about for hours, right? And so much. Yeah. I think that's a great way. It's like this overarching principle that I now use in all of my work where I used to, a client would sit down before me and we would start working through what they wanted to grow. And I would, okay, what modalities do I know? What should I pull from that I think would be helpful for where they're at in their journey? This is like, oh, I now I can just pull from this. Mm-hmm. And I can plug them in, in where, like, I really think the areas that they need to grow in, in that model. Um, so yeah, it just feels like this overarching, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's a conceptualization. It's a big picture. Yes. Um, I think that Wilder calls it a lifespan, a lifespan model for development. Yeah. Healing. So, um, Oh, it's been so good to connect. I feel like you and I could just talk and talk and talk and talk all day. Agreed. <laughs> right. So, but this has been really great. Thank you so much for, yeah, of course, you know, we're going to continue to have many great conversations.
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Place Therapists Grow. We hope you will join us next Monday. To expand your knowledge and continue your growth journey, go to cftinstitute.com and take our assessment. See you next time.